0: Feel the Ad Love, a podcast produced by Radio Lounge, featuring conversations with people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and fun. Their stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. And just so you know, Radio Lounge is a destination for audio production services, for broadcast, film, on-location audio experiences, and digital media. We also offer podcast training, production, and distribution through our new podcast studios. Voice Coaching, the production of high-end voice talent demos. Bottom line, every day is a new adventure in sound. Drop by for a virtual visit anytime at RadioloungeUSA.com. And here is something brand new that we're doing in partnership with the Lee Group here in Houston. Houston Rallies is a movement created by the Lee Group, a Houston-based advertising and marketing agency, to help make a difference for the many other small businesses that are the heartbeat of our city. The Lee Group fully understands the struggles and trials involved with running a small business in one of the most competitive markets in the world. The Houston Rallys podcast, created in partnership with Radio Lounge, is a hub of information and inspiring stories directly from the small business owners that make Houston the great city we call home. From interviews with movers and shakers to thought pieces on best practices for advertising your business's specific services— Houston rallies is a destination for advertising insight and inspirational ideas. On this podcast, Mark Pieria sits down with a group of folks that's in the business of lounging and making you feel good. The company's called Ledge Lounger. It's a great story. Let's take a listen.
1: Ledge Lounger is a local outdoor furniture brand and manufacturer located in Brookshire. Today on our podcast, we've got Chris Anderson, founder of the company, as well as JC Walkup, marketing director, and Dylan Schrader, chief operating officer. Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good, Mark.
2: Thanks Smart. for having us. Yeah, I'm glad y'all
1: are here. Um, this, my name is Mark Pereira. I'm an account supervisor at the Lee Group, and um, we are going to get this started. So um, currently, uh, Ledge Laundry creates custom stylish outdoor furniture for commercial and residential customers. Chris, uh, can you talk us through how you got started and how you got to where you are today?
2: Sure, thanks for the question. Um, you know, ultimately, what it came down to is I was a, a landscape architect in the Houston, Texas area., uh, my father owned a swimming pool company pretty much uh, since my early childhood days, and uh, I swore to myself after getting out of college I'd never come work for him. And um, shortly after being in the corporate world for a few years, I decided to, come on back and check out the family business after saying I wasn't going to. And uh, Basically, while I was doing some design work uh, and construction work, I was on a job site and had the opportunity to place some furniture in a pool. And my customer quickly pointed out to me that uh, it was not going to work in the pool. It wasn't made to be in the pool. And that's kind of where I received the challenge to develop a piece of in-pool furniture that would work inside the pool, inside the water, And that's somewhere somebody could go and lay out on their tanning ledge in that shallow area of the swimming pool. That's awesome. Um, And uh, Dylan and JC, talk
1: a little bit about how y'all got involved with Ledge Laundry. How'd you get started? How long have you been there? Give us a little bit of your background.
3: Man, I'm gonna have to do quick math. I wasn't prepared for this one. I think (laughs) I've been. (laughs) So I've been with Ledge Laundry, I believe, about three, four years, um, somewhere in that range. And so I joined the team. when it was a lot smaller, I believe I was around the fifth or sixth higher at the time, and I was the first person on the marketing team. Um, and then we grew from there, obviously, and I'm sure we'll get into that through the rest of the interview, but now my team is a team of five and growing. We're looking to add a few more faces to the team in the near future.
4: For me, uh, Chris and I have been friends for probably close to 20 20- years. 20, 30 years now. It's crazy to think of that. Um, yeah. But uh, we've been friends for a while. When we were kids, we were the, uh, the the guys walking around the neighborhood with the red wagon and trying to make money together, being the little entrepreneurs that we could. And so I went off and did my uh, thing for a short period of time. But um, five years ago, I started with uh, Ledge Lounger and just really interested in helping a company grow, working with Chris and leveraging his talents and also just focusing on the things that i wanted to do as well and so i think it's worked out really well and and really excited for the future of where ledge Launders is going and how we can all be a part of it
2: mark i'll add a little bit to that for both of them um jc was actually running some of her own online websites selling some product uh, so she brought a really big skill set to the table there and uh, dylan we happened to pull out of the aerospace engineering world he was Working with Southwest and and McKinsey, looking at business structures, and just been a tremendous support and help on the operational side. And logistical side of the business. So, Dylan, you talked a little bit about
1: how you and and JC. You said this as well about how y'all are excited to see where Ledge Laundry is going in the future. Where is Ledge Laundry going in the future? What are y'all's What are y'all's plans? I know that y'all have been talk a little bit about and not just y'all, Chris. You can talk about this as well. But I, I know that that the the pandemic has caused some changes. And so, talk a little bit about the changes that the pandemic has caused and how that's going, that's how that's affecting you now and how uh, that's gonna affect Ledger in the
2: future. Sure, I'll start off with that one and, and they can of course come in as needed. Um, you know, we have, um, we've been keeping up uh, is, is the easy way to say it for probably the last eight years. Uh, we created a product that we honestly didn't know the demand was gonna be as a big as it was. I mean, truly I developed a product in the beginning to try and solve a need. Uh, didn't really have this idea that one day we would be selling tens of thousands of products around the world. Um, So where it's going, where it has been, is really playing keep up and trying to introduce products that our customers are asking for. Where it's going is trying to get ahead of our customers and try and figure out what questions they're going to be asking for in the future, Uh, whether it's something with solar charging or whether it's a product that hasn't been invented yet that we need to come up with the idea and introduced, such as our our slide. We recently introduced a a slide for kids to play on tanning ledges on. Uh, it's a really neat product. Um, COVID has has changed it quite dramatically. I mean, what we're looking at now is a lot of people are wanting to stay at home. Uh, a lot of people are trying to find things to entertain their kids on a daily basis because they're not able to go to the local parks or spend time at their friends friends' houses. Uh, and of course, that's all changing rapidly. But, you know, one thing it has made us do is shift and focus a little bit more on the consumer direct side of our business. You know, the foundation of our business, I did not realize how strong the foundation of our business was until really we got into this uh, COVID situation because we sold to a number of different customer segments. Uh, a lot of businesses like ours won't sell consum- consumer direct. They'll only sell to the trade or they'll only sell through distribution. And had we done that, we would have been dead in the water probably for the last two months. Um, But because we had a consumer direct channel as well, our consumer direct channel really stepped up, which obviously was uh, we didn't anticipate at the beginning, but it quickly made sense. Now people are spending more time at home. The Lowe's and Home Depot parking lots are completely full. People are wanting to uh, increase their outdoor experience at their own home, make it more comfortable. And uh, we saw sales just climb dramatically as a result.
3: I think something that's always defined ledge lounger in the past, and I think that will continue to define us as we move forward, is we've always been extremely nimble um, and we've never been complacent. So we became known for this product that goes in the pool and we could have kind of stopped there and we certainly didn't do that. We developed more products that went along with it, accessories, then we started doing outdoor furniture. So we've always been growing and developing um, and then Chris talked about, you know, the recent expansion to games and how COVID kind of pushed us towards this at home entertainment. So I think when I think of the future, I think I see more of that. But it's something that we've always done really, really well in the past, too, is, is we've been willing and able to pivot.
2: It drives everybody crazy around the office often because we're typically moving faster than we can handle. But we all figure out a way to do it. We've got a team that that really Steps up and, and puts out their best game in in the challenging times. So it's been great to see. Listen, that's that's the nature
1: of a small business, right? If you're not able to react quickly, and to be nimble, and to be able to adapt at what, to whatever is thrown at you, then it, it's just not going to work. So it, it sounds like y'all've got a great team who is who is able to roll with the punches and adapt as as needed, which is really great. Um, I have been noticing because I've been a fan of ledge for a while. I've been noticing there's been kind of an uptick. I don't know if if popularity is the word, but an uptick in in the types of people who are talking about ledge And Didn't Cardi B just post something on her social media on a ledge the other day?
3: Yes, we've um, we've gotten pretty lucky over the years. I think I hate saying lucky because I don't think it's all luck, but certainly some of it is just timing. Um, and having a really cool product that people love to photograph themselves on. So some people, we've been able to work with some really incredible people. We've also just been spotted by some really incredible people. So every everyone from Kendall Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, um, Ellen DeGeneres, Cardi B most recently, Steve Aoki, J.J. Watt, um, just to name a few. But yeah, we've gotten to work with some really, really cool people over the years.
1: That's really cool. And, and we, you know, we have a client in Lake Charles. And so when we go, we stay at the Golden Nugget. Um, and I know that the Golden Nugget, all of their patio, all of their pool furniture is, is Legendre's as well. So it feels like everywhere I'm going, I'm seeing and hearing about Legendre, which is, which is really cool to see. What is the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months, both during the pandemic and even not because of the pandemic? And, and why has that been so surprising to you?
4: Um, so I think, you know, as Chris mentioned a little bit ago, we, we have a multi-channel effort in the past. It's always, uh, you know, we build our business around the customer base that we've got. And we have we have several different types of those customers. And, and I think the biggest surprise for me is really anticipating the economic uh, challenges that are coming down the, the pipe. And, and so, you know, a good example would be the commercial world, um, the hotels, the hospitalities. There hasn't been much traffic there which was a big part of our business. And, and that was you know, the big orders and the very complex, very customized pieces um, that, you know, that, that took a long time to, to manufacture and, and produce. That really pivoted quickly to the, the retail world. People weren't going to the hotels anymore and the hospitality resorts, so they were buying the product for their own backyard. And so that was the biggest thing, is really anticipating who was going to buy and how they were going to purchase it and, and being flexible to that. Because you know we, we had to right we weren't we weren't just going to say and say okay the, the hotels aren't going to purchase um, you know that part of our business is gone we were going to try to figure out how to adapt and and, and pivot to make it uh, a successful business and a successful venture here.
2: And to add to that, it was it was quite surprising to see our our product is a little bit more expensive. It is on the little bit more luxury side. Um, many people do end up purchasing our product. It's a very wide widespread or, or niche of people that buy it. But the the interesting thing was to see how during such a crisis or during such a economy, questionable economy, people were still coming out and purchasing you know, $4,000, $3,000 orders on our website uh, in large quantities, in large volumes. So it was surprising to see, but I think that's just a good sign of how well the economy was doing coming into this and hopefully how quickly it will come back.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the same for me. It's just the the increase in e-commerce. We've seen incredible traffic numbers, incredible sales numbers over the last few weeks and if I think back to the beginning of this, everything was so uncertain and offices were being shut down. I think everyone was really stressed out. We weren't sure if people were going to start holding on to their money and stop spending, especially like Chris mentioned with that higher price point and we're a luxury item um but it seems to be just the opposite that's been happening and some of the reasons why makes sense right people know they're not going on vacation this year people are spending more time than ever at home so they're really investing in the space that they're in and making it look nice and making it functional and so i think it was surprising but it's a really um pleasant surprise and a wave that hopefully we can ride for a while
1: and i know part of your business model has always been this this you know residential sales right so selling to individual people and i know that's always been part of your business plan but has this obviously i'm, I'm assuming this has changed to make that more not necessarily the, imp, the 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 thing you focus on but it's definitely made it a bigger focus from this point forward because you're seeing that you're you're seeing increases in sales in that area and and who knows what i mean things have started to open back up but we don't know how, what that's going to look like when things really start to open back up are people going to feel comfortable going to hotels and so I think I would think that y'all would be focusing on that from this point forward.
2: Absolutely. It's it certainly got to stay a main focus. I mean, in the end, who is the person that uses our product, whether they're at a hotel or whether they're in their own backyard? It's the consumer, right? It's the it's the end user that's enjoying the product. We, we want to stay in hotels. We want to we want to make sure that our presence is strong there because that is obviously great marketing opportunities for us right? We want to be multi-channel. We want our product to be available in furniture stores because we know that's where people can go lay in it. I mean, we simply are not big enough business yet to be able to go have a you know, furniture store in every single major uh, city around the country. We would go broke trying to do that right off the bat. So utilizing our distribution, our wholesale channels is critical, uh, but you're right. Keeping an eye on the consumer and focusing the business around the consumer is is definitely the most important aspect.
1: So let's go back to when you when you first got started. If you could talk to yourself when you first started ledge lounger, when you had the idea, hey, this patio furniture isn't working in the water. What if I created a, a lounger that was made to go in the water? W- what are some what are some things that you wish you would have known, or what would you tell yourself when you were starting your business?
2: You know that's a great question. It's all the hindsight, right? What what would I do if I could have um, dream bigger? Uh, would probably be the first thing. Um, Never in a million years thought that it could be what it is today. Uh, We're ultimately roughly about 50 employees, 30,000 square foot warehouse, probably about to sign a contract on a 60,000 square foot warehouse, hopefully working on uh, a retail showroom where customers can come and pick out our product, trying to build out a design team that can help customers design their exterior space. Doing all these things while continuing to, to grow and do the things that we're doing today such as the operations, the marketing, the shipping, the sales, Um, try and try and go a little bit faster. We've moved very fast, but uh, I've been um, cautious, I guess, over the last few years. That's one thing that I think success brings is, you know, once you're, in my opinion, it's, it's easy to grow something, but once you're on top, it's hard to stay on top, right? Once you've, Gotten so far outside of your comfort zone, or once you've done something that you're just so incredibly impressed with your team and and what's been accomplished, it's hard to keep keep impressing yourself, right? So year over year, our company has grown at least forty percent. Well, if you think about that, year one growing forty percent, if you're a million dollars and you grow forty percent, you're only adding four hundred thousand dollars in sales. Well, now you're ten million dollars. You want to grow forty percent? You're adding four million dollars in sales. So that's exponential. Um, but keeping the continuing to focus and again dream bigger. Think think from the beginning it could have been something much bigger than I did originally because now I've got to reset those expectations. It's funny somebody once described being an entrepreneur as climbing a mountain. And you get to the top, and you uh, as you're getting to the top, of course you're you're sweating your butt off, you're working, you're exhausted. You get to the top of the peak. And you look out to the vista that you just climbed this mountain and you say, man, it's a beautiful scene and you want to see what it looks like behind you. So you turn around. Well, instead of seeing a beautiful scene, you see another mountain, you see another peak that you still have to climb, but you're completely exhausted. You're worn out. Right. That's entrepreneurial. It, that That is what it means to be an entrepreneur. You're just going to continue to climb that mountain. The mountain doesn't stop. Uh, the world is a big place. There's a lot of opportunity and uh, you can never fully, fully reach success. So. Uh, I'd say that's the big focus. The other thing is, is just don't be afraid to ask. Um, I haven't been, but um, I still wish I would have talked to more people early on that could have helped me position the business a little bit better from the beginning. Um, We'll talk a little little bit about Vistage in a little bit in some of the, the upcoming questions. But, you know, find groups of people that are ahead of you and spend time with them and learn from them. Um, you know, we all, we all, I think the, the saying goes, hang out with people that you want to be like, and you'll turn into them. Uh, that's very much something that I wish I would have done earlier on. In business.
1: That's exciting to hear. You have some, some plans in the future to, you know, open a, a, a showroom and, and have a space where people can go in and, and see the product in person. And, um, you know, I, I feel like that's something that, that ledge lounger needs. So that's, that's exciting to hear that that's, um, at least something that's being talked about. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so one of the goals of Houston Rallies, and, and, that's, how, and that's how the Lee group got connected with, with y'all at Ledge Loungers, is through Houston Rallies, the, the program that we do to help support and shine a light on, on small businesses. And so one, one of the goals is, is to, um, to show small business owners and to provide resources for small business owners – through other small business owners, right? So just like what you said, the, the lessons that you could have learned hind, from hindsight, the things that you would tell yourself when you were getting started. And so um, what are some of the, you know, in that light, what are some of the best resources that have helped you along the way when you're either getting started or when you're navigating a global pandemic or when you're trying to figure out how to, you know, increase your where, where, warehouse what what are some of the, the resources that you've turned to that have been a big help to you that could be a big help
2: to, to someone else. Yeah, I've got two in mind, Mark. And I want to obviously give JC and Dylan an opportunity to answer as well. But number number one is uh, I myself, uh, when I was seeking more information, when I when the business was growing faster than I personally could keep up with um, based on my knowledge at the time, I did ask one of my friends who was growing a, a pretty big business. I said, where do you go to get your questions answered? Who do you reach out to? And, He recommended a a group called Vistage. It's a CEO group. We meet once a month. Uh, I have since, uh, since I experienced how great it was, JC and Dylan uh, both joined into other groups, but virtually we all meet with uh, between 15 and 20 other business owners or other top executives once a month. It's the same group every month. And uh, we do this individually. Uh, So on one Tuesday of the month, I'll be in a group. Wednesday of the month, then will be in the group. And, a, and a Thursday of the month, JC will be in the group. But we all go for eight hours once a month. And we'd sit around a table of other business owners. And we just talk about issues and problems. And we and we solve them together. We've learned a lot from others. And I'm sure others have learned a lot from us. That's been great. Additionally, uh, we utilize a tool called Culture Index for hiring employees. And, um, man, people can lie up a storm in an interview. People can put on their best face and tell you how great they are, and it's easy to buy it because you want to hire somebody, you want to get them in, and you want to get a job done. And CI has changed our hiring process dramatically. We now really focus on what it is we're looking for for in an applicant, and then when the applicant comes in, we know so much more about them than we ever would have through a survey that they take. In fact, we almost know more about them than they know about themselves many times. Um, So that's been a, a great tool as well. What other what other things, guys? What am I missing?
4: I have a so kind of an unorthodox response to that one. I would say, you know, a good resource for us has always been our customers. So we we it's the you know cliche statement of saying this is a partnership. All of our customers are partners. All of our vendors and all of our our partners, are partners really truly us helping them as much as they're helping us. But I would say our customers are um, we've developed some really strong relationships with our customers and. You know, we leverage their help as well as, you know, they're expecting something from us and we kind of expect something from them as well. And and it's a uh, it's a great uh, partnership. It's very symbiotic in how we, we work with them and they really, truly help us grow. We wouldn't be here without our customers and they really help us get to that next level and that next step.
3: So I think um, it's worth mentioning EOS as well, which stands for Entrepreneurs Operating System. And that's something that we kicked off earlier this year um, that is designed for small to medium sized businesses, entrepreneurial type companies to be more strategic and sort of get all on the same page about the momentum moving forward. And there's a book that goes along with it called Traction. Um, And so you can read the book, you can read the book and try to implement EOS yourself, or you can do what we did and hire an EOS coach. But um, we're not all the way through the process yet, but I can certainly see the impact it's had just on our exec team of getting us all on the same page and kind of getting everybody um, moving on the same path and moving forward at the same speed.
1: Yeah, I think all of that is great. I think, you know, like I said, the lead group is, is a small business and and, and the, the biggest asset that we have, I think is everything that you just said, talking to other people, why, why reinvent the wheel? You know, there's there's so many... There, there's so many lessons that can be learned and there's so many things that can be avoided just by talking to other people, even if they're not within your same industry, that you can kind of sidestep the the problems and kind of move the ball further down the field so that you can, you know, learn from other people's mistakes. Um, and, and I agree 100% with you, Dylan, about about cliche or not, you know, the, the customer is such a true partner. Um, and and as an advertising agency, we learn so much from our customers and from our clients um, through their customers and through working with them. And so I think that that's really um, wise to 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 utilize that as a, as a great resource um, to help in your business. So I think I think that's really really
2: great. And Mark, hearing you say that back, it's it's interesting. Yes, talk to other people, absolutely get their opinions, but have your own. Right, all businesses are different. Your business is going to be different than everybody else's. Don't just ask somebody a question and then go implement what they recommend. Ask 15 people that question. Ask the question in different ways. Uh, think about your own your own answer. Put all the best of all that together and then go make it happen. I think that's what we do a lot of here.
1: I think that's great, and I think too, a lot of times you gotta you gotta go with your gut as well too. So you gotta take everything that you're everything that you're getting in, and then you have to kind of trust yourself as well a little bit and kind of sift through all of the answers that you're getting and find the right path. And, and, and the, the good thing and the scary thing is, is I think that there are multiple right paths that you take, you just have to kind of have consensus as a company and as a, as a, as a group, and then move forward all towards the same goal. And I think that that's really what defines a successful business from a not successful business. Absolutely. So we've been talking about, a lot about Ledge Lounger and, and how you got started and everything, but let's talk about Houston a little bit. So what's your, I know y'all are in Brookshire, but that's still considered part of Houston. So, so talk to us a little bit and, and, and Chris and Dylan, I know y'all grew up um, right around the corner from, from where I live and um, JC, I don't actually know where you're from. Um, so so um, talk a little bit about uh, Houston and your favorite thing about Houston and, and why, um, why you
2: wanted Ledge Lounger to be a Houston company. Well, it's all the beautiful hills and the lakes and the hiking trail. It's all, yeah, all the things we don't have, right? Now, um, you know, truly it comes down to, in, in my opinion, the diversification of business here. Um, you know, some people that are starting businesses in other cities, other towns would have to travel well outside of their towns or their areas, their regions to go get any kind of manufacturing done, any kind of uh, Hiring, they're, they're limited to who they can hire. You know, Houston's got so much diversity that if we want to play around with injection molding a product, there's an injection molder in Houston. If we want to play around with metal fabricating, there's a metal fabricator in Houston. There's pretty much every type of manufacturing resource available within a drive, you know, a couple hour drive of Houston all the way around. So if if it can be done, it can probably be done in Houston. Uh, And that's pretty valuable because in the beginning that saved a lot of money. Uh, Being able to go and talk to people face to face, learn from people face to face without having to get on an airplane, you know, max out your credit cards to try and go get something done. You know, you can do it locally. There's a lot of great business owners here. There's a lot of things like Vistage that you can really tie into a lot of successful people in the Houston area. So I think really the, the diversification of business. Uh, and how easy it is to have access to everything around us.
4: Yeah, I, I think I would agree. You know, the diversification of the city—it's a melting pot. Um, uh, and the two—I can't. I don't know if I can stress this enough. It's—it's it's home. You know, it's uh, it, home is kind of where your heart is, and we've kind of placed our heart here in Houston. And, and we—it's you know—it's funny when we were kind of going over that question. It was kind of well, what's great about Houston. I was like, well, it's because our our office is here. Um, and, and that doesn't say much about Houston itself outside of, you know, it's, it's, it is it's a, just like Chris said, the economy is is substantial here and everybody would rely on the oil and things like that. But it's more than that. Um, you know, we're growing every single year as a, as a city. And it, it's just about, you know, it is what the U.S. is about. Opportunity is here. Uh, you know, efficiency is here. Everything that you could want is here. And it just, it's helping us uh, tremendously.
3: Yeah, and I I was actually born and raised in Houston as well, the other side of Houston, the south side. Um I moved away for about 3 or 4 years though my husband and I moved around overseas and still with the exception of 2020 we love to travel. And so being from a city with so much diversity and so much culture right here at home just is what I love about Houston. It's what makes me really really proud. So sort of like Chris and Dylan said, the diversity, but it touches everything from the businesses to the people to the surroundings to the food, like you can get anything and everything in Houston.
1: So at the core of the Houston Rally's mission is is providing specific ways people can support local businesses.
3: I think the obvious answer here is monetary support, you know, making a purchase. But there are definitely other ways um, to just support without doing that. Um, I have a good example that we've seen a lot of in the past few weeks, which is, you know, we've talked a lot about our sales online increasing, but with that has come an influx of Facebook comments and messages and customer inquiries and phone calls. And we're doing our best to keep up with communication. Um, But it is, it's, it's a challenge. Um, And we've had some customers go on to, for example, our Facebook page and voice complaints, something along the lines of stay away from this company, they were supposed to deliver my order a week ago, and they didn't deliver it, and I can't get a hold of them. Um, and there's been multiple examples of before we get to answer or address the issue at hand, somebody else, a fan or another customer will jump in and say, Hey, you know, everyone's supply chain is really stressed. Trust me, these are worth the wait, we just got ours last week, and we're in love with them. Um, so it, it feels really, really good whenever you have a client sort of take your side and um, just stand up for you like that. So I'd say when it comes to local business, even if you're not buying from them, you know, go comment on their Facebook page or like them or tell your friend about them, because there is a human on the other side of that digital interaction and you're going to make that human really, really happy.
2: And Mark, I think you can hear the passion behind what she's saying is we really take it personal all three of us uh, in most of the company. In fact, it's not all the company. We take it so personal that we drive home with it. We we bring it home to our homes. We dream about it. And when we're not able to follow through with a commitment on a lead time, it really does bother us. It it hits us internally. And I believe that's one of the reasons why our business has been so successful. So when people stand up for us, it feels really good. Uh, But I certainly would just stand behind JC and just say, have a little patience with small businesses these days there's a lot of hard things I mean our online orders pretty much tripled um, during this this crisis if you will but yet we were concerned about having enough staff to fill the orders because if one person gets sick it could potentially wipe out your whole warehouse right we didn't only have to I mean we had to hire people we had to bring more people in and we had to bring more people into a warehouse to be able to get product out the door you can't hire people and tell them to stay at home. They got to put pack, packages and more products in boxes. Uh, so a little bit of patience and understanding of small businesses. We're doing everything we can and we assure no matter what, they're going to get the product. It's going to be quality. And if it's not, we're going to take care of it on the back end. Uh, but just a little patience and understanding in the current time. Um, and, uh, and again, spread the word about our product. And, and uh, we're excited for anybody that wants to to fan us or like us on Facebook or Instagram
1: yeah i think if there's if there's one good thing to come out of this pandemic is i think that i'm hopeful that people are learning that that we just need to slow down for a minute and not automatically just think that there's this there's this culture of i need it now and i want it now and if you don't give it to me now it's wrong and if you don't tell me what you said you were going to do it's wrong and i just think what this is hopefully teaching us is let's just take a breath and just like you said, JC, there's a human on the other end of that, of that computer screen, or the other end of that key- keyboard, and so, and I think that it goes to every business, big, small. It doesn't matter. I think I, I'm hopeful that people are learning that if you don't, if you don't get your 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 pool furniture in two weeks when you're supposed to get it, it's okay. You'll get it in three. If you don't get your burger in five minutes from Waterburger, it's okay. You'll get it in seven. You'll still get it. So I think I think hopefully this is teaching us to to take a step back a little bit and really see the the humanity in everyone and the humanity in the business and so I, and and you that kind of brand loyalty to have customers come to your defense you can't you can't buy that you can't no amount of money in the world can buy that so that's that's so awesome that that you'll have that and I think that that really speaks to the level of commitment of the ledge Lounder team and 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 really the the rallying behind, not to use Houston rallies, but the rallying behind the, the same vision that y'all have for your company. And so I think
2: that's that's really um, a really awesome thing to see. Mark, I like the way you put that because if you think about it, the giants that created this craziness of I can have it tomorrow
4: gratification. failed
2: during the COVID crisis, right? So number one, let's look at uh, Amazon. Amazon... Had a period of time where they were only shipping essential goods, right? But they were the ones who trained everybody to expect that they could get it tomorrow, right? Walmart, uh, all the grocery stores who could have your groceries delivered to your house. You log on now, you got to wait two weeks to get your groceries delivered to your house. Um, so it's pretty interesting to see the way that these people that created this um, sense of not a human on the other side are now having to back up and say, hey, we're human too, right? Uh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully that does impact the whole supply chain a little bit.
1: Well, JC, Chris, Dylan, this has been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed getting to talk with y'all. Um, I love seeing everything that Ledge Lounder is doing, and and I wish y'all all the best of luck. Um, and
2: thank you so much for being on this podcast today. Hey, Mark, thanks for thanks for having us. We, uh, we'll do anything we can to support you, and uh, very happy to be here.
3: Thanks, Mark. We really appreciate it. Y'all have done a great job with this campaign. We're excited to see every Facebook update and every other company that's featured.
4: Really cool. Thanks. Are you a local small business owner looking for some help connecting with potential customers? Is there a specific topic you'd love to hear more about?
0: Visit our website at HoustonRallys.com and click Join the Movement. Fill out the form. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, thanks for listening to Feel the Ad Love. Visit us at RadioloungeUSA.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Google. Do that, you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, come to the Lounge and feel the ad love. Copyright 2020. Andre Schultz. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are strong, we
4: are resilient, we are Houston.